in learning about the Beckner campaign, the war dump at the beginning, it's expository. It kind of has to be. Um, there's always the yeah, there's always a need to set the stage in any media. How it's done, how it's disguised, is always is always generally related to the success of said product. If the author, if the team, if someone can convince you that they're educating you on the topic, but it's more like discovery instead of learning, it feels more natural and then allows for you to um, really soak up and immerse yourself into whatever product they're designed for your consumption. And I just really thought that there was some improvement that needed to be done. And I was so surprised and then kind of angry with myself, I guess, not angry, disappointed, because like many of you, I, I, this podcast is for everything DDO. And if I touch on topics and you're kind of new or you feel like you're still pretty new or there's not a lot you haven't learned, or there's still, excuse me, there's still a lot for you to learn. Uh, there probably is because I still learn stuff and I've been planning it a while too. So I'm going to touch on this topic. When we TR, uh, a lot of us that get the DDO bug, the hooks, the game finally gets the hooks and you start to TR and really take that journey with your character, which I like. I know it's. Uh, very controversial. This is a little sidebar on TR about the length of time and how much and what benefits you're getting. There's so much talk and there's a lot of acidic talk when it comes to TR because somebody has something that you don't and you want it and you think that it's well, these old players, they don't have a life and, um, you know, well, they've been playing the game since forever and so it was easier for them. All kinds of reasons. You know, the sky was purple today, and I just think I should be able to have triple completionist by logging it. So there's all kinds of that TR. The reason why I bring up that little sidebar is because the once you start on that path, once you start on that journey, the need for story, the want for story, while it still may exist somewhere in the back of your DDO mind, you... I don't want to say get consumed, but you're very feather. You get very focused on your ability to become efficient, gaining XP, so you can get the carrot at the end. And this isn't supposed to be a topic. I'm not supposed to talk about TR. That's all this is supposed to be. But like every other podcast, with every system in DDO, it's so expansive. You could just continuously talk about it ad nauseum or at infinite so in that end uh to continue on that that vein of thought you'll you'll be skipping quests all the the dialogue boxes that you once read like say for me when i started really getting into the ravenloft i, I read everything but then once i logged into my main character and then i started to play i uh as a returning player playing a new character that was just earning loot and just kind of rediscovering the game and finding all these set bonuses and all these things they'd added because I was totally unfamiliar when they came up with that stuff. Of course, I couldn't help by level 14 or 15 start thinking, you know, I have a main character and you know, that guy has past lives and you know, this piece of loot, that piece of loot would go really good. And before you know it, I'm on the main character and I'm really trying to get that loot that finished that set bonus and now I can get XP and TR I got all these all these um goals in this you know one quest chain now right for my main guy so it feels really really efficient even though I I know I'm not efficient at the game but it feels that way because I know I'm after pieces of loot and I've got other characters and it's all bound to account now so I'm on the character there's a lot of pleasant surprises for me. But it's the way my perception starts to change as I log into the main character and 
maybe this is the same for you know, many of you, I don't know, but, you know, the text pops up and, oh, this is about, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, give me the loot, give me the XP, let's go, let's go, let's go. It kind of, it kind of goes like, you know, all of a sudden, uh, it's like, yes, oh, crap, I hit end dialogue, open the dialogue box, what's next, 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 how do I click, close the dialogue box? Okay, next quest, click, 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 all right, let's go, run to the end. And it becomes this just giant marathon for loot and XP, which um, I, I'm not, it's not a bad thing, it's a great thing, okay? Uh, it's a great thing because it's what these ARPGs try to replicate, the, that Diablo-esque feeling. Now, I don't think the developers should um, go in this direction with the game, but I think that it is pretty neat that as players, we, you know, we rerun the quest for a specific, uh, specific piece of loot, which we know drops, and we need the XP, or you farm it on your main. I just think it's really, that's very, it's a good design, it's not bad. I think every once in a while, as a player, you question the drop rates, but then you, know, you get into a raid, you get like three or four items in one, one raid weekend, you're like, oh, smoke, maybe I shouldn't question it. Anyways. So I find that to be the case um, when you're on the TR train. Is, is the reading goes away, the immersion goes away, and it becomes all about that end goal. It's, it's a frustratingly long goal. I will grant everybody that has um, a negative view of TR or would like it to change. I can agree. I know I have a triple completionist and I certainly understand and appreciate the effort that goes into playing the game so much in one way it feels like you've lost all the fun and if they just give you this thing then you can at least stop and you can smell the roses so i get that but that system the tr system you don't have to play it that way i think once people get on that TR train, the large part of players, at least initially, those first six to eight lives, they might really just, that's what they do, and then they get burned out and they quit the game, take a break, and come back. And I, when I thought of the idea for the podcast, which was like, let's focus on quest mechanics, NPCs, and how that is delivered to the player, I thought maybe that could help you know, lessen the sting by making it more fun. But as everybody knows, the TRs, once you start getting down that road, if something slows you down, at least from my perspective, like, you know, a lot of times it becomes, like, even if it's like a minute or two minutes, you're like, it's like, I'm burning a pot here. I have to listen to this. I'm burning an XP pot here. Do I have to listen to this uh, you know, monologue by this by this bad guy or this guy who's a potential ally? Like, do I have to? Listen? I need to get the XP, man. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And there's like that like frustrated vibe from someone who's in the middle of the TR train. I totally get it. I I don't know that there's a good way to fix that. It needs to be long, um, and it needs to be. A struggle. That's that's what it's all about. The journey. And once you get there, I've got triple completionist, and I can tell you players, if you're listening and you don't have triple completionist and you're working on it, uh, nothing changes, man. <laughs> you know, like, I know you think I, I'm right there with you. Well, if I, I'm just kind of missing those last two points and I can't perfect this building. Look, man, you can look back at my podcast. I'm all about story builds and all this stuff but i'm right there with you as far as uh meta in, meta in the game and all that i get it um but I, I i just don't think there's a good way to to number one speed it up and number two um i i don't know that there's a better way to explain it to the player Because even anything you add to 
speed up that process or to enhance its um, speed. Players are just going to go for that thing. And you're going to have the same attitude. The same attitude of, don't get in my way. Don't, don't nerf my XP. Don't come in over-leveled. You know? And that's what I find it, that type of player uh, and that type of player, I am that type of player, was that type of player, I get it. But that's where you start to get, as a player, less friendly with newer players or somebody who is casual, more casually playing a game and not quite on the DR trade. Or maybe they are, but they're not, um, they don't mind going slow and, you know, they don't, they don't understand what you're after. They don't get, they don't get the game. They just came into my quest and they're over leveled and they just nerfed my XP by 10%. I can't. <laughs> I get it, man. And then you say something and, you know, it becomes this thing, you know, that oh, it's his fault. You know, he's a. And it, that makes me sad. And I've acted that way. That's unfortunate. But we're, again, back to that wandering back trilogy. Like, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect as people. And something like this that you want real bad, sometimes it does uh, bring out the worst in you. And when that happens, um, you kind of become the villain. And that's exactly what the villain experiences in most stories, is that they they are consumed by this goal, and it is the right thing, and it's everybody else that doesn't understand and should get good, get on his side. So it's something food for thought at any rate. I don't know if it helps understand the problem, if there is a problem, because I'm not sure there is. Uh, I started the TR train way, way back when it was initially released, and I still to this day will be playing the game and running into returning players or somebody who wants to come back and give the game another shot because they love it. I, I still run into them. It's like, oh, I got to save XP. I got to save. I got to save that quest. I remember I came back. I was like, I'm, you know, all my friends have left the game. I'm pretty much playing by myself all the time. And I'm thinking, well, I got to save the layers. <laughs> I don't know how many months or years I, I I had to save the layers. And I'll tell you, the last, I don't know, four or five lives I did, maybe six lives, I finally got it. Like, there was just so much to do in the game. But as a returning player, which I think to be a good focus um, for a player this game, so they should consider to return player because I returned player. Yeah. I, I experienced that level of confusion of, well, the game used to be where you have to run cobalt for a meter ten times. If you don't, then by the time you get to level eight, yeah, you get to level eight, but then there won't be enough to get this. You start to think about how the game used to be. But then here's the other trick. Old players, people in general, like what they know. They like what they're comfortable with. And I was comfortable with the old content. It also happens to be some of the easier content. So as I got these set bonuses and as I collected this loot and started to TR, I found it easier to play quests that I found maybe more difficult to solo in the past. I found them almost a breeze. But I still felt um, very disconnected because I would still see groups running the newer content that was released for, say, level 7, or level 5, or level 8, and well, whether it's Feywild or Isle of Dread, whatever it is, I, I see the groups and I don't join because I don't know the quests, and every time I go on the quests, they're, they're kind of, I just feel lost, and that's not a good feeling. Not a good feeling at all. And at some point, as a player, you got to realize that, you know, this is... Um, a game that requires sacrifice, kind of, and it requires, like, dying a lot and going into a quest, learning it, and, uh, and kind of falling flat in your face. It's great when you can play it on the regular difficulty that you normally play at and win, 
maybe you have a difficult time and you have an epic finish, close call finish. But for me, I I find a lot of times, especially the newer quests, they have these surprise things in them that are just really wonderful for a player to experience. But then I will not prepared for it. really keeps me on my heels, and I really enjoy that, especially when the quests are more straightforward. Most of the Vecna content, full circle here, back to the Vecna content, I find is enjoyable and enjoyable to learn. It's mostly uh, fairly simple. There's, um, and I'm, I don't want to, it, it's mostly, it's fairly simple to learn as an experienced GDO player. Um, not a good one, but an experienced one. I would say that you can figure it out. Like if you're worried about this content or you're worried about learning the quest, I think you should just jump in and give it a try because they're uh, relatively easy to learn. Some of them are extremely short and really good XP, really good loot. And I think you should give Vecna a try before we start up in the ante here with the next expansion. They're a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun to play um, content that um, a lot of players are wanting to try. So I would say give the Vecna stuff a try. It's really well done. Again, it's just the focus that I wanted to bring with the podcast to the other area of the game, which was the questing and the de its design. Not that I know anything about that. I just have played the crap out of PDO. So that's what I know and what I like. Obviously, I've played many other games, but I know what I like out of DDO. So I really, really enjoyed, um, and I've played some of the Grip of the Hidden Hand stuff, um, but mostly not. <laughs> I, uh, in and out of the game for many years, I, and I just feel like I want to come back wholly to the game, wholly, like, like this is the one I play. That's me drinking coffee, which is excellent, I might add. My wife likes to get coffee out and about. I um, She always asks me or will text me or call me or we'll be driving. Do you want a coffee? And I'll be like, ooh, yeah, but from home. <laughs> and sometimes she's like mildly offended by that. Like uh, how, not how dare I, but how, how, how could I not want a Starbucks coffee? Or how could I not want something? from some place, but I, I love the homebrew stuff. So I, I would definitely encourage all players to try it. And here's another great, great um, design decision when it comes to Vecna. Because I found, for me, when I would try the new quests, uh, like Feywild and some of the other quests, I found that they were especially Sharn. I think that Sharn's kind of infamous, so we'll just stick with that. Notoriously um, designed with uh, past lives and uh, past life statistics in mind. At least it certainly feels that way, right? And, and it discourages players, especially returning players, to not not try it, not try the, well, this isn't for me. I guess I got to keep playing Delares and watching my XP until I get enough past lives that I don't get smacked around at level 15, even though I can solo giant hold the whole thing wicked easy and get through it pretty quick. Can't step into Sharn because, well, that's for people with past lives. Yeah, that, that doesn't feel good. But with Vecna, man, I'm telling you, the quest team, they... I mean, I played it on a guy that doesn't have I think one maybe past life, maybe two. And I did great. I mean, I did fine, you know. And I, I found it enjoyable. I found it was a lot of XP. I found that the, the, it was very good. And I was able to really enjoy it, uh, the questing and the story of it all. Really enjoy it. So my hat's off to him as far as the Vector goes. I, and I guess in part what I'm saying is that the level 18 stuff the stuff that is it's i find i refer to content as it's designed the original level so i don't see isle of dread the level seven as the um as a I, I find that to be that's what it really should be balanced for and then the legendary stuff is all for 
you know, if that's hard, it's, well, it's legendary. You know, it is what it is. But when it comes to the level that it's supposed to be played at or can be played at, I find that's, that's the balancing trick in these things. And it's, they've just done really well. It's not as hard as Sean. And um, it's playable. Like, you don't feel like you're being griefed <laughs> by the developers for not buying autos boxes. Okay, you feel like um, you're on the character uh, on this journey. They, and they've done many things uh, that have just uh, really impressed me with the Vecna thing. Really, really impressed me. At Barovia was much the same. Uh, I played that alone and stayed away from it a lot because it was a lot harder uh, as far as figuring out the quest for me. Because I'm simple. <laughs> like I said, I like home. I'm a simple guy. So I found those to be a struggle, but I loved what I loved about what really got me hooked when it came to coming back all those years ago, and I've left many times since, but what really got me hooked on the Ravenloft was that uh, the encounter area was so well and fully developed. I, I just couldn't stay away. And I want to start there, encounter areas. Because while I'm heaping all this praise, you know, there's something that, we already do in DDO that I love, but I want not more of it, but I think something else would help. What I'm specifically talking about is across many of the encounter areas in the game, there is notes or files or memories that a player locates and they're usually glowing or they let off sparkles sometimes they're hidden sometimes they're not and they give you xp and they're awesome um and then they have this little narrative usually that goes with it as many times as i've really focused on just playing the encounter area not i don't want to say role playing it but you know in my head you know, like I'll give an example. Like I get on, uh, I get on my wizard, and he's in search of uh, more esoteric magic to help him fix this problem he has of being undead. And he goes into the encounter area of whatever, and he starts searching for something that will aid him. And then I come across note one, note two. Note 4, Note 7, Note 10. And they're always, I find, I locate them out of order. And that's because they want you to, I guess, search for them. I'm okay with that. But there are times I'm playing that game alone in the encounter area, by myself, and it's fairly quiet, quiet in the world around me. and It's just me and DDO, me and my character, and whatever goal I ascribe to him. And I'm just, maybe I'm just grinding stuff out. Maybe, but I'm in the encounter area kind of having fun. Those are generally a lot easier content for players to get into. It eases them into um, the game. And it's, it's a one, they've done a wonderful job doing that. Using the encounter areas to provide extraneous pieces of loot that you can strap on to your character to, to help them when they go into the quest. It's a great design. But on those times when the world is quiet, and it's me, the keyboard, the mouse, and although I don't see the keyboard and the mouse, I'm playing, I am my character, and I'm exploring. I can tell you that I had a wonderful time actually just sitting down and playing through, like just running around, exploring Isle of Dread. Some of the music, the the sound effects, what a wonderful job they did. And I, I was sad that I had come back to the game and <laughs> Vector Unleashed was already out. And while people still play Isle of Dread, it's almost like, you know, as a player, you're like, well, but there's other stuff that came out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, 
uh, did I miss it? Because I really love this, you know, and it was a lot of effort put into it. I mean, you can tell a lot of love and care put into it. That's what I'll come back to. That's really um, that's really the selling point, I think, of DDO, that you can see it in the world. You can feel it as a player on those quiet moments when you're walking at once by a green path and then you can hear something in the distance and all of a sudden you're upon this volcano and the sounds of creepy crawlies coming from the ground. It's just really well done. Then the music was great. So I really enjoyed that. But I'm not enjoying the listening to the audio out of order because I'm really... I'm really there in the world. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying the story. And these, these notes that we find in the encounter area are specifically tied to my initial uh, setup when we, I talked about exposition. That's what they are. They're just little bits and pieces of exposition. In fact, that's the point of the story, if you've ever read a book, that you don't want to read. And I find myself... And I'm sure many players do, because the voice acting is great, the writing is great. So I find myself wanting to hear it all, all of it, at once, in order. But I don't want to wiki and that's not the point, right? I'm not, I don't want to wiki this. I'm absorbed in the world, it's quiet, I'm, I'm playing, I, I am the character, right? I don't want to step outside because I need to solve a puzzle and I need the XP or I'm burning the pot. I don't want to do that. I want to just listen and learn like why this area is the way it is and what the motives are. I, I want to do that. I think the only way I can really describe, because I don't know how to program or anything, but I think that being able to have that option as a player, to listen to all of them, the whole thing, unbroken, while you're in the adventure zone, I think would be a really, really, really cool feature. And I think you'd find a lot of people starting to understand the game more. Because I'm sure there are many players that play and don't understand the game as far as the lore and content dumps go, because you know, the way BDO came to be. But clearly there are teams um, and people at uh, Turbine now standing some game that really care, really love it, and really are into this. They like tabletop games. They're doing it, and they're doing a great justice. They've done it, I think, when it comes to those kinds of things. I'm thinking in Vecna, if you haven't played Vecna, there is a, a quest where you're chasing after somebody you break a window in a building, you leap out the building. Doesn't that sound cool? That sounds really cool. Really, really cool. Really fun. I guess... I guess I hadn't paid attention to the whole game before because I was so focused on either the loot it could give me or the XP it could give me. And that comes back, obviously, to the goal of most hooked DDO players, and that is to triple completion. But I'll tell you, that was a, was a real eye-opening experience to really pay attention to the quests and analyze the questing structure, or however they do it. I watched uh, the episodes, I think, it, I forget which developer, no, Bob, one of them, there's a, you can go on to DDO's web, uh, website, their YouTube channel, and uh, the joy of Devin. And that series, I watched that series and took notes before I jumped in because I wanted to, because here they are actually instructing me on on what they do. And I wanted to be able to understand it um, from their perspective, at least a little bit. When I jumped into the game, I, I just was so impressed, really, really impressed. And that took, uh, just like any player, that took a... Uh, you know, like anything you do, takes learning. And sometimes they mess it up or it doesn't, oh, well, you're not supposed to play the quest that way, that way, that's why you think it's hard. I didn't design it that way. Oh, well, this is how players are playing it. Oh, bummer. That's a drag. 
I'm sure they didn't mean coalescence chamber to be so arduous and tedious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I got I to gotta laugh at that one. Because in Vecna, I noticed there's a, a couple of times, more than a couple of times, you start the spiral run up, uh, up a staircase. And I just immediately, like, you know, I have visions of... Uh, of coalescence chamber needing that XP to cap out to 20, so. I can't help but uh, kind of smile every time I see it, like, don't tell me you're doing this trick again. I'm not playing another coalescence chamber. But no, it's done really well. I can't, I just can't, uh, I, really well done quests. And even when, as a player that's trying to, you know, figure it out and learn it. Even when I'm on the wiki, you know, I, it, they're just really well thought out, story driven quests. I love it. I think it's great. I think what would help is in those encounter areas. If there was a way that when you got in there, if you could click on an item, have an item, I don't know. But if there was a way that you could listen to what Elminster had to say. Or the, I don't know, for the 15 minutes that it runs. I don't know. But it would help, you know, and it would help ease the tedium. It takes it away because it, you're not, it's not tedious. Now you're the character. Now the world wants your character there, as opposed to the world wants you to hurry up and get the XP so you can TR. And then again, that's where I came across and thought that, boy, players get a lot of mixed signals when it comes to DDO, right? It's, uh, oh, it's an account building thing. You got to do this thing and that. There's so many different, so expansive, but so complex. There really is just so much to it. And I, you know, we can't dumb the game down. That would take the fun out. And while I don't agree with the nerfs to like the draconic incarnation thing, well, I don't agree with it wholly. I think there shouldn't be one spec or one thing that we all go to, one weapon that we all go to. It was nice when the game was smaller, and by smaller I mean lower in levels, that the Sword of Shadows was like the premier weapon for a two-handed guy. And I love that the history of the weapon, because of the campaign that DDO runs, it's still kind of like this fabled sword of legend. I love that. And I don't think uh, it should be taken away from that item because while... That's part of the, like, emergent gameplay, I guess you could say, that happens online when people discover this this item and everybody starts chasing it. And I think that's uh, that's fun, and that's okay. And I think, as, like, as a DM, you should play the shit out of that. Like, oh, yeah? Well, well, wait till you find out what happens next to the Sword of Shadows. So uh, that's, you know, that's um, that's an unfortunate bit when it comes to balance, that things like the Sword of Shadows, uh, they're looked at and systems are redesigned almost because of one or two items. And that's the original, when the season four, when I started it, that was kind of the original thing is I think that there needs to be a move away from that. So that we as a player base can talk to new players in one language and we're talking to them in too many languages and it's too confusing it's too hard to follow it's overwhelming so that's what i i i believe and i think it starts with employing um i've mentioned this before but i think as far as character goes, I think the skill system is is underdeveloped. And when I say skill system, I mean if you open your character sheet and you go to the skills, 
page is it's underdeveloped it's underutilized the feats are grossly neglected and they're um it's it's um such such an obvious gaff it's difficult not to not to see it especially as an older player like when you never you never take up this feat or that you never do that and my impression i want to leave as far as a character additions goes it goes to, towards that but it goes towards uh, quest questing and how it is delivered to the players there's a system that they've developed for rogues to alert them to uh, certain traps or ambushes or something and it's a wonderful system that they've developed i think this system should be used for the social skills and other skills on the skill page i was trying not to say that but that's i think it should and i also think that they they should be useful and there's many different ways you could employ them i'm thinking off the top of my head here but going into a quest and having say uh, one character alerts to diplomacy and maybe it's just one npc or two npcs who knows maybe it's a room full of npcs i don't know maybe you're on a street and you're you're trying to you know do an investigation and your investigation point your investigation uh, alert goes off and you're alerted that your diplomacy skill can be used in conversation with a certain npc and that helps maybe change the course of the quest how the quest plays out it doesn't maybe avoids fights like they've employed in the past maybe it enhances xp but you know what i really thought because those things have already been done. It'd be kind of cool if, if yeah, it did those things. But what if, uh, what if it added favor too? To whatever, you know, not all the time, but maybe there are certain quests that it adds favor. Well, you get, you earn, you know, and it's only a one-time thing. You can't be able to re-spam re <laughs> spam the quest just to reap the, the favor bonus, but... Wouldn't it be neat if you could go in there and you're talking and you locate an agent of Arcanesson and because of your skill and conversation, your knowledge of their agenda, something is able to change in the quest because of that dialogue. And uh, like as a token of appreciation, you earn one favor, just one favor an agent to work. I mean, that'd be cool because then you can add, you can do that many many times in many many quests with all the factions and then you don't have to worry about players coming up with a spreadsheet saying oh well this quest if you do this conversation you get five favor if you do uh if you learn bluff and do bluff uh there's uh, you know, 20 quests that you can earn five favor and three that you can earn 10 by bluff so nobody ever uses diplomacy because it doesn't it's not effective you know so i think the questing team the way they're developing is outstanding and i think a little push in this direction where we start looking at that other piece of the character sheet that we neglect because combat is uh is very enjoyable in video we like it it's 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 awesome but people sometimes also want to feel like they're there and feeling like you're there is part of the skill system that's why it exists it's the life simulation part if you will of dungeons and dragons and we shouldn't neglect it it should be i think more heavily employed for all kinds of different things well all kinds of different things in quests i i just have those few ideas in regards to in regards to employing it that it would be potentially favor related and then potentially you know i don't want to i want to say this but I don't, you could use it potentially to speed up some quests right 
not all the time, only when the story makes it so. Right? So you don't want to be writing the quest just to insert dialogue option so they can skip a fight. Obviously, it has to be meaningful. I thought that would be a great way to, to implement that skill system a, a little more fully. And they've already really, you know, Turbine's already done that with the alert for the rogue. I think just coming up with alerts for for the other skills is, is just as important. And then as they get into, you know, the diplomacy, bluff, the haggle, the intimidate, what about listen? What about the listen skill? There's all kinds of stuff they can really do with this game that haven't been touched yet. They're, they have shown that they want to go there, so I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it because, I mean, those new quests, I was really surprised. And I was really surprised to see the lore dump right there as you get off the airship. But really, really surprised. I know I'm asking a lot for if I mention cutscenes or anything. But there would, it would be nice if the first time you're traveling to some new expansion, you had the option to um, to get to get on an airship and you know take a minute and a half getting there, and like in the encounter areas, have the player interact with a couple of NPCs with you know DM voice narration that kind of explains what's going on, gives them a little taste of the story, so they're not just popping in and looking for loot and looking for XP, they're looking to play the campaign. That's cool, right? I mean, that's just, it's cool that you can kind of already do that in DDO, but it'd be cooler if, if you could really wrap players up into that. We talked about TR. We didn't talk about the Reaper point system, but there's it's what I mean when I say many different languages we speak to new players. You know, that's why but, you know, I was excited when I came up with the like the like a role player campaign rule book. But I, I just want to be able to one of the things that binds tabletop RPGers together is the ability to speak to rules and books that we have bought and played separately, maybe across uh, the continent. But it's all it's all the same, you know, it's all the same lore, it's all the same. So that's kind of what I'm, I was getting at, is that, you know, we could talk to players in one unified language. And then that kind of brings me to my next point, which I was going to save for another podcast. Because it's not fair to start implementing these that, a system like that without telling the players about it. However, the, there are systems in place that don't interact with any other pieces of the game, right, because they're new. And some of the older contents, like, just it is there, it is what it is, and it will always be. And that's okay. That's okay. So I think there should be a hard look at looking at the skills and how uh, the best way to do, uh, you know, I don't know the, the balancing of it, but definitely just, I think, uh, how to code it and employ it, because I think that would be, it goes a long way to immersion. But then you have to teach players about the whole game. We don't teach players about the whole game. There's no, everything is disconnected and things were added piecemeal for whatever reason. We don't need to hold anybody to account. It's nobody's problem except for us that love the game. So what's a great constructive idea that I have, right? How do I fix this? What's my suggestion? Well, probably the same as yours, man, because we play the same game. You gotta, you gotta have a new starting area. 
and it has to teach people. It has to be expository in a video game sense, but it also has to be highly story driven. How do you how do you answer the call to that? Well, they've already again the answers are already in the game. I've watched almost. I've watched a lot of the content on YouTube for DDO, whether it's you name it, I watch. And it's funny how they all, especially the new player stuff, have to go over some of the basic stuff that I guess, like hirelings and how they operate and work. Which you know, to some degree, you can't you can't teach them all the tricks. It would bog down the the player's experience. But how about just the fact that they exist at all? <laughs> oh, well, we just we'll just put a, a hireling vendor like right, you know, right where you probably can see it when you load in. Well, that's not really that's a great video game, I guess, you know, visual cue. But that's not Dungeons and Dragons, and this is Dungeons and Dragons Online. So how do you do it? And I don't have um, usually I have something like a story type thing formed in my head, so I can easily deliver it. I don't, but. I do have this idea that you, as a new player, you make a character and you load into the world. In every adventure, my cigar went out, I'm going to light it again, and I know that's uh, unprofessional and it's taking away, but, you know, we're sitting around a fire in a cave somewhere in between the multiverses, okay? Let me, let me enjoy the one piece of home. When a new player loads in and he makes a character, he needs to load into a place. It doesn't have to be a tragic circumstances, but things can quickly escalate for him. But it doesn't have to be um, that your ship blew up by a dragon. <laughs> I mean, it's a. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like coming down on it, but. I watched a YouTube video where a guy kind of, he's, he's, you know, covering DDO and then he, he runs across that Corthos thing where it's shipped by a dragon and he just does this compilation of cuts. I mean, it's cute. But you could be walking down the street, man, at night and it can get dangerous. You know, you could be in a shopping mall in the middle of the daytime and it can become dangerous. There are just so many ways to introduce a player to the story of Dungeons and Dragons and its mechanics and its rules. And I just had this one idea of taverns. A lot of times we get quests in taverns. But that's where a lot of quests start, but it's like, they're just like, you just click, you get the quest, and you go. There's nothing there. But I think, uh, I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice to introduce this player, and he kind of, you know, he gets into the world, he loads into the world, and then he has to go into a tavern, and maybe there's a, he speaks to the tavern keeper, and the tavern keeper like uh, Sigmund in the Corthos there has a quest form and it just kind of opens up the quest uh, panel, the quest entrance panel, and he just boom loads into the tavern again, but it's now a questing instance. And what if much hasn't changed, except that now there are, it's a quest and the, the dungeon master can start employing the skill system. And what if that's how you were able to introduce hirelings? And depending on which skill the player decides, or maybe all of them, he meets Byron Scout Sword in a tavern and has a conversation skill check to recruit Byron Scout Sword. And I like the idea of using um, a level three hireling over a level one and I like the idea of the 
relationship between the hireling and the player to be one of like learning, right? Like he's a, a little bit like a mentor. And the DM would respond to this by the way they've done it in Wayloon and the other newer quests by kind of giving voice a little bit, if you would, to Byron's uh, most important immersion and rule expository thoughts. And the player would have this contract, this buddy, in his in his backpack, like we all do. We didn't have to change the hireling system. We're just introducing it. And by virtue of having the hireling, if the player so decides to use the hireling, um, I think you could add a little bit more of a tutorial by using these characters in the world to help explain things, to uh, have the DM help explain things to the player. I think it gives a sense of uh, of really being at the table, like who you recruit, can you recruit, and it shows that your skills are important and that they can really help you. I don't know how fleshed out you want to make that. I don't know you could you could you could make that more or less fleshed out. I know people want to they want to have a hireling they can level with. Well, I don't think that's possible. It's just too much work. And when I say work, I mean, do we really want them to spend the next expansion money that they have set aside on having a character that you can maybe level up and it's buggy and doesn't... We don't want that. We want a good product. The product is already there. I think there could be several stages of these types of um, conversations and interactions that the player would have that are story-based largely, uh, but that introduce them into a to an NPC that they can bring along for so many levels. Having your Byron be level three makes him pretty valuable through level four. Right? That's pretty good. And then maybe level five. Um, you know, I think at some point they should part ways so the contract might run out when the player takes level five. Say. And now that Byron Scout Sword tutorial guy, that hireling, in the backpack is no longer there or he's he's in some kind of compendium with the stories and quests you took him on that he went on these quests with you you know that's cool man that's cool that's a little bit of uh what we're asking for because i i feel the same way i'd like to i don't mean to just dismiss the idea of having a hireling i can level up but i want to make sure that i'm listening to the developers too because we want to we want them to listen to us. And they're saying that it's really hard, man. We like to do it, but it's really hard. So, like, let's try to have a meeting of the minds here. There are certainly, I've been surprised by some, uh, I've been surprised by many of the hirelings I've hired while playing solo. And I know that there's many out there that they could already do this with um, throughout throughout the game. I think it should be a, like a gold seal hireling type effect where you can maybe still buy a hireling hireling and um, have two. So you can have a total of three, three people in your party. One that's kind of like a, Either you're a mentor or eventually becomes your partner, I think. I think that'd be cool. You, know, you get to Wayloon, you get into the, the Ball and Chain Tavern, and you know, roll perception. What do you see? Well, you roll perception based on whatever your highest um, conversation skill is, or who knows what DC they would use for it. But say it's just your conversational skills, and then you know that DM says, hey, you enter the Ball and Chain Tavern, and you notice... You know, it's the human in the corner. He, he's clearly, clearly wearing the signet of House Kenneth on his hands. Looks like he wants to talk to you. And that's it. He decides if you want to talk to you. 
And then the player can talk to that guy, pick him up, and he goes in the backpack, and when he goes on a quest, he dumps that guy out. And it helps him do the quest. And then that way, you, you satisfy that, that need to feel connected to the world through the hirelings. Because, you know, a lot of us that have played and have played solo, some some of them, some of us were like, ah, oh, I love that guy. I love that hireling. He really saved my butter. He's so useful. Or, man, he is so bad, but one time he really helped me out. So I, I like that. Um, that piece of it. And I think all players are really looking for is a way to use the hirelings um, in a story-driven way. Which, which there comes the customization and whatnot because they relate that to their own character growth. But it doesn't necessarily have to be delivered to them that way or to us that way. I think that's a, a good idea. And it's a great way to have two new systems work with an old system. And I think uh, the, depending on how that's received, you, you, you do a lot more with it. But I also think, you know, you could test it out in some of this newer content, but I think uh, we really got to get everybody on board with it. So I think having a new starter area slash zone would be a great, a great thing. I got, you know, in my head, I have this, I'm thinking in my head about, I'm going more down the rabbit hole. So what I was just thinking quietly to myself was, uh, wouldn't it be nice if there was like a level one or level two raid in the harbor? And, um, you know, there could be like a worldwide announcement for it when like, I, I don't know, maybe not, I don't know. But I'm just thinking like a way for older players to be able to help new players just to see what that feeling's like. And... Um, get them interested in, in the other pieces of the game. Raids are something that, uh, you know, when they were, you know, the climate, the environment, MMOs were just very, very different when the game was released. And I think that is some of the good content, some of the best content that people are locked out of. And I just try to figure out a way, to, if there's a way we could bring everybody into it early um, so they can see the rewards. And the lower level, I feel like, to bring them into it, the more benevolent you can be uh, as, a, as a DM as far as items and stuff. So that's it. That's really that's what I got. I, I, I could go on for a lot longer but that was like I said, I'm trying to make the a little bit more focus when I'm rambling on here. And I think that they've done really well with the questing system. I certainly love the idea of those quests being so connected and so directly connected. And Waylon, you know, you there's a there's a cult, an evil cult. You investigate it. You capture the bad guys. You capture the main bad guy. He has to be transported. Great, great idea. And I think they should run with that. I love that they introduce glass and glass breaking. I think that's a huge mechanic that they could really employ effectively many times over as long as there's a rule system for glass. And uh, I guess what I mean is uh, there's a quest in Vecna where you've got to break the glass, but you have to do it with explosive barrels, which is fine. But it's um, also kind of counterintuitive because there's quests in Sharn where you just many where you just hit the glass. So what's special about this glass? Well, nothing's really related to us. Um, there is something, but it's not, to me, it's not prominent enough. And I don't think the employment of the glass as an environmental and story piece is universally employed. And I think it should be, uh, but I, I don't want to say anything bad about it because I just think it's a great development, a great idea, whoever decided to think of that. What do you think? Fire's running low. I could throw another log on it. You could. Don't do it. Don't do, don't do it. But I can already feel the pull. This teleportation spell, it just kind of comes and goes. 
it's taking me now. So many unintended consequences. Magic doesn't run in my blood. I should have stayed away. I'll see you again and we'll talk again. And we'll discover DDO. We'll add to it. And we'll just enjoy the damn thing, huh? Enjoy getting together, making jokes, laughing, making memories. And um, maybe we'll face some challenges that we can't beat. And we'll have to try and try again. That's okay. There can be fun in that too. I'm, I'm fading away. I'll see you soon.